He wants us to play attractive football, wants us you know, to get the crowd on our feet. The support has been magnificent and the singing my name, but I'm happier just singing about the players. Will it be another Stephen Kenny love in this international window? We've got the best coverage and analysis right here on OTB Sports Radio. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Oh, you got a trophy on Strava, did you? Oh, okay, all right. Uh, Will O'Callaghan, oh, good morning no. to you. How I are said you? that. That's not, that's not fair. Will, what's that's going on? Fair. I was also putting it down. Morning, Johnny. Like, morning, Will. Morning, Will. Like, that's it. You oh, can't. Move it on. Will, that's no, the, no, sorry, no, we had a conversation on. off no, air, which no. he then. Um, how are you, Will? Yeah, you can follow I'm Johnny good, on Strava good. if you want. I have, I have to say, on, Johnny. What's the achievement? There's no achievement, and I'm not talking to Jerry anymore about bike related issues. By the way, global warming and all that, but cycling in that weather yesterday, 15 degrees in March. Will, I was taken by your tweet at the weekend about a, a kind of an online GA type service uh, got a lot of likes uh, LOITV has obviously been extremely successful you seem to get a lot of yes this should happen TV isn't good enough yeah look you get a few people who are going to say financially this could be difficult to implement but I think it would be that tricky to do really I'm surprised the GA haven't done so already like the very basic model you're looking for here is the opportunity to be able to watch games on demand after they've already taken place for an expansion of streaming for fixtures that aren't going to be shown on free to air like not for a moment would I suggest that TG Carr or T shouldn't be showing games free to air I think that's mm. crucial for the GA to actually get their message out there but at the same time there's plenty more action that's taken place it doesn't exactly get the spotlight on it which potentially if we were to take the model that was already used as you mentioned by you know, League of Ireland TV which is fantastic when you could buy the season pass I still bemoan the fact that the season pass is now gone I understand the clubs had concerns and similarly in the GA about getting people through the turnstiles which meant that streaming was kind of left at the end of the pandemic a little bit but I think for people who just have a more general interest in catching games catching stories being able to casually watch matches and maybe look back at them a lot has been lost by the streaming services not being available right now. And I think with the GA, they've got like an incredible potential archive there if they were to curate it properly. Mm. You could go back and watch classic matches. You could have a midweek magazine show. This is something that should be driven by the GA themselves through YouTube and their website. And I genuinely believe that there would be a subscription base that would come in to offset the costs on it as well. I'm fairly sure they're looking into all that stuff, to be honest. And it's like one of those things that will be a byproduct. Uh, it, it's imminent. There's small difficulties, I think, they have to work out with the individual county boards because the county boards had been generating income from streaming and there was a bit of pushback about um, those games not being on TV. When they had the opportunity to put them on TV, they would put them behind a paywall because it was going to generate more money from them. So once all that is worked out, you will start seeing, I suspect, um, a proper online service housed in uh, Croke Park and run by the, the GA. I'm fairly sure that's coming. Let's get on to events on the pitch because the hurling pod is back this week. I just want to, this bit in particular, Debbie Fitz in the paper today saying Austin Gleeson needs to wise up a little bit. Uh, the 2016 hurler of the year, he's going to miss, as it stands, Saturday's National League final against Cork. Obviously, they're going to appeal. But uh, James Scale and Paul Murphy have little sympathy for him. It's not going to change Liam Cal from picking Austin Gleeson, of course not. But like, for for Liam Cal there now, he's kind of looking going, is like is this fella capable of doing it now in All Ireland semi final? And it's it's definitely something you could see. Um, you know, the cameras cut to to Cal on the sideline. You could see he was there going. He was just so annoyed with it. Like, and they were hammering Wexford at this stage, but he just, you could just see the reaction of him going. What was that for? No more than the rest of us. You know, everybody else was thinking the same thing. Like you said, completely needless in the situation. He could have he could have said something to him. He could have told Simon Dunne who looked at the scoreboard. He could have told anything. The fact he bought it is just. I think it's just disappointing from. From a water point of view, that you know, 
there was nothing else on the line here now, and now he's not in the league final. It's ju- mm-hmm. it's a very disappointing from 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 Watford angle. Is there any issue, lads, with the way the Dunahoo went down? I mean, like the amount of force for anyone who's got a flick in that kind of region before. Sometimes the flick is worse than a, a full-on hit. Anyway, he hits the ground, but it seemed to give him some credit. He tried his best to knock it Aussie Gleeson sent off when uh, the referee John Keenan came over to produce the red card after speaking to the umpire. Some people have accused him of taking a dive or going down softly to get him sent off. I'll give it to you first, James. What did you make of the incident? Well, I'm just assessing the context. So the context is that Simon who is getting bet, uh, uh, you know, a, a large amount of points at the moment and saying Aussie Gleeson's up. Aussie Gleeson does, does the action, does the intent and Simon Dunne goes down. Fair enough, you can say he went down softly. But if you're a person and you're looking to blame Simon Dunne first as opposed to blame Aussie Gleeson, I have an issue with that. Like that's not, like, granted, yeah, you can say it's a bit soft and he should have stood up and he probably didn't connect, you know, perfectly and probably grazed off his tie. So be it. F- fair enough. Can we say Simon Dunne should have stood up? Probably should have, yeah. But then I would take more focus and put it on Aussie and say, the, like, the... The, the action by Ozzy was worse than the action by Simon Dunhu. And, I, I, and again, as, as I repeat, if you're looking at Simon Dunhu and trying to attribute blame to him, you, you need to look at yourself then after that because like, the damage that Ozzy does to his team you know, is far greater than what Simon does to his team. Do you know what I mean? So like, it just shouldn't have happened, you know, especially in that position. And Paul is 100% right. If you're 19 points out, turn around, laugh at him and point to the scoreboard and jog on. Get out of there. You know, I move on then for, for seven days' time. Don't be getting involved in these needless, needless antics for, especially with the so many cameras and eyes and everything on you. You just, you don't get away with it. Like, if you want to hit him a good jostle, fair enough. Like, you probably won't get a red card for that. You push, Jesus, get, get, get your ass out of town and get ready for the next ball. Simple as that. Um, that that kind of region was the, the terminology that I took from that piece, um, which I thought was quite nicely put, Will. Yeah. Like, <laughs> such, such a moment of madness, though, as well, Johnny, mm. when you think about it. Daft. Like, and it would raise questions about Austin Gleeson's mentality when it comes to big moments like that because like, Simon mm-hmm. Dunne who pushes him into the hoardings at Nolan Park and that's the genesis of the incident that takes place but still you look up at the scoreboard you're five goals ahead a few minutes left in the game should be getting ready for a league final at Thurlis this weekend and Ozzy Gleeson decides to have a flick back I think it's very unlikely if Waterford do decide to pursue an appeal that they would win it which means they're going to be without some crucial players for that league final this weekend because Stephen Bennett is still injured and Jamie Barnes not going to be back in time Connor Prunty is still out but Liam Cahill has developed this panel where guys have been able to just plug in and play and fit into the system and they have shown so far that they probably have the deepest panel in the country I just wonder if it might come back to haunt them slightly when it comes to the Tipperary game in a few weeks time in the Championship Uh, Sorry why do you think it's going to have an impact on the Tip game? Um, I think because well to two elements. I think there's going to be a kickback in Tipperary after their defeat against uh, Waterford at Walsh Park. I think Tipperary will not be as open as some of the teams that Waterford have played in recent weeks. It's remarkable that they scored 18 goals in six games in the National Hurling League this year. They were helped a lot by uh, the way Wexford left open spaces in their defence last weekend at Nolan Park. But I think you need those key players to come back in if you're Waterford for the Tipperary game because it's going to be a step up in intensity when it comes around to that fixture on the 16th of April. And it's difficult for any team to be without three or four kind of nailed on starters. I think maybe, you know, again, Porkman, who's coming back in, is maybe going to have to have a role from the bench this year. But definitely they would want to have Prunty, Caleb Lyons back into the team. I think that you definitely want to have Stephen Bennett starting as your free taker and key scorer. And then we'll see what happens about Austin Gleeson. He'll probably come straight back into the team for the Tipperary game. But he's going to be watching from the Sands at Semple Stadium this weekend, I think, uh, when they go up against a very good Cork team. Yeah, Cork are pretty good. Um, I, 
Austin Gleeson has a little bit of that in his game, right? And if you remember, uh, Wayne Rooney would have had something similar where occasionally he would get sent off. And now it turned out Wayne Rooney had anger issues that he has now spoken about that were connected to all sorts of different things uh, in his life. Um, but if, if Gleeson, the, the notion that Gleeson needs to play on that edge to still be hurler of the year uh, candidate, I don't really buy that. I think that, like, I think that they need to get their hands around it and um, and uh, and take it from there. You know. Like, nah, look, Jared, this, at this stage, he's got what six, seven championship years behind him since his breakthrough year in 2016. Can you change that? Still, yeah, you can. I, yeah, I think yeah, maturity can change. But at the same time, if he does something like that, it's 26, it, it, made, it makes no sense. Like uh, to, it, it, it just it seems like there was a red mist reaction that you can't change. I don't know. Will. I, I think you have to show maturity. Like if you're going to help your team out, as Paul said in the clip that we just played, the risk isn't when Ozzy Gleeson gets sent off in a situation like the weekend. It's if they have to play against a Kilkenny or a Galway in an All-Ireland semi-final, and next thing players get the feeling that you can get in his head. You yeah. can maybe talk to him, maybe give him a dirty stroke off the ball and see if you can get him a red card. We saw that happen with a few Limerick players earlier on in the league as well. I have no doubt the players are going to be in high alert in the opposition. I don't condone any of that type of behaviour, but if you're going to try and use a bit of gamesmanship, you will know that you can possibly get into Austin Gleeson's head. And it's now up to Ozzy Gleeson to hurl the way he did in the first half against Wexford when he banged in two goals and was a creator for another goal as well. Yeah. That's the player he needs to be, not the guy who has to sit in the stands. There's every chance that he will sit there this week and be disgusted with himself and use that as motivation to become the hurler of the year again this year. Because it, like, it's right there for him, the, the quality of the team that is around him. Davey in the papers today saying that he thinks they're the ones who are going to put it up to Limerick the most, that they have a, a discernible pattern of play. They have a manager who firmly believes in that group of players who is like wedded to them and who I suspect are they are equally wedded to him after he turned down tip in the off-season. Like, it's a remarkable story and it feels like we're primed for... Um, an incredible championship. How have your power rankings held up, Will? Yeah, look, I think um, there was some scoring early on when I had Waterford and Cork in, I think, second and third position early on in the power rankings. Not just on the show itself. People were saying to me, ah, how can you rank them that highly? And look, Waterford were still easily beaten by Limerick in the semi-final last year. And look how easily Limerick beat them in the final the year before. Um, you know, Waterford aren't quite there. But the evidence that we've had in the six league games so far are that exactly what Davy Fitz said. They're hurling to a system which has evolved over the last three years. They've been able to move players around. Like, I don't think anyone would have expected start this year that Jack Fagan would be playing at wing back and playing very well at wing back for Waterford he seemed like he was going to be the ball winner within the half forward line and just in the last few weeks even just being able to add in Desi Hutchinson's pace I couldn't believe that Wexford were as accommodating as they were with the way that they marked at the weekend uh, to leave space in behind for him we saw like Shane Bennett come on and have a bit of an impact at the weekend too they've got a real depth about their panel now again it's probably a case of finding the best 15 and getting some of those injured players back in because this Munster Championship is going to be so difficult to qualify from but from everything we've seen Waterford look like the team who are probably best set up to try and catch Limerick albeit Limerick will go to Portugal this week they won't be one bit concerned about what happens in the league final it's just about them trying to get back to the level that they've been at for the last three four seasons uh, when they come back for the start of championship because they're going to need to be good when they take on Cork in that first game Few a week in Portugal sitting on the beach. <laughs> It'd be raining though. <laughs> Judging by my, uh, um, how hard is it for Limerick? Will like I think they're 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 still odds on. I think to win the hurling. If I'm if I'm wrong, uh, fair enough. Um, we've seen with Dublin, you know, the the sort of collapse with them through the league. Um, oh, like the thing with the, I guess the thing that likes of Limerick is with their physicality and with the the levels that they've um, kind of reached. Everyone else is striving to get right up there with them, and they have to almost keep improving themselves. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. I've always said I think they need a really good dance partner to keep Limerick mm. motivated. And maybe Waterford are going to be that dance partner for them. And look, they blew Waterford away in an Ireland final two years ago. Uh, the semi-final last year, that was the day with the hay where everything got delayed. And yet Limerick came out of the starting blocks with no real problems and like won that game pretty comfortably. It's going to be a case of whether Waterford can get up to that level because I still think that Limerick are going to be the best team when it comes around to this summer. They addressed some of the issues that they had early in the league. They were trying some players out. And maybe John Kiley learned that some of those backup players aren't going to be good enough to start mm. with the exception of O'Neill when the championship comes around and once they get Keane Lynch back in they're going to have to stop the red cards like they got for Galan and Hegarty because as good as the Limerick team is they can't be teams of 14 men but if they can address those issues and get back to the kind of hunger that they've had over the last two or three years Limerick are still the most talented starting 15 uh, that's available in the country I have them at the moment in fourth place in my power rankings we're going to do a massive update next week after the <laughs> league finals but I, I think it's it'll be no great surprise if they're still top of the tree when the summer finishes it, off. Here's one for you very briefly. Which All-Ireland Championship is more open? Uh, football at the moment, I think. Like, realistically, for the hurling, I think you're looking at Limerick, who are still considerable favourites. Cork, who still have plenty of question marks about them, even after the game against Kilkenny at the weekend. It's a weird one, Johnny, where Kilkenny probably didn't lose a whole lot in defeat because they hurled remarkably well for 52 minutes and actually bossed quite a bit in the first half. And then Cork put the squeeze on their puck out and got over the line at the end of the game. But are Kilkenny quite at Limerick's level yet? I mean, Tipperary haven't shown. Maybe they will in a few weeks' time when they play Waterford in the Championship, but they look a bit behind. I think the contenders are a little bit further behind in the hurling than it is in football. Like, good luck trying to call a football winner right now where Kerry and Mayo look like they're the two best teams in the country right now. Can Dublin improve on where they were in the league? And Toronto. And then there's yeah. A, yeah. Group of, yeah, a group of teams no like Toronto. No mention of Galway like in the hurling. Nah. They're 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 third favourites in the bookmakers, mm. the, or sorry, fourth favourites in the bookmakers, which kind of surprised me. And maybe some of that, Johnny, you know more about punting than I Lenster, do. Though. It's, it's they're Lenster, third, they're right? third this morning as it stands. They're actually it's, shorter. It's getting out of Leinster Park. as well as is, is yeah. obviously Leinster is, is is in theory should be a good bit easier than Munster. I think that's and that's exactly the thinking. But would you really put Galway ahead of Kilkenny currently, or substantially ahead of Kilkenny or Wexford based on what we've seen in the league mm. so far? I would. I think there's a certain no. amount of blind hope with Galway. I, d- I wouldn't at, at the moment. I think that uh, it's it's early in the Shefflin era and I suspect that it's going to take him a year or two to actually find out what that style is and what that pattern of play that he's trying to get the team into. Like, you couldn't Post say... Well, like. You couldn't say you've, you've seen a discernible... Mm. Shefflin imprint just yet on the team that is like this is exactly how they're going to play in the final 15 minutes of a game we know exactly what they're going to do whereas we do know exactly what Waterford are going to try and do we know what Limerick will do because we've seen it from them and we know what Cork are trying to do now as well it feels like this is the the two eras that we've seen from Kingston this is the best that the team have been and the, the fact that they've taken the league seriously this year I think is actually a good thing for them because it meant that there was pressure on them early and that pressure I think They've responded to it and they've grown through it. And that's why I'd be pretty happy if I was a core curling fan at the moment about how things are going. Just a quick word about um, the general state of, of Leinster football. There's been big investments in the East Leinster project in uh, various underage um, initiatives. It hasn't quite just borne fruit at the moment. Oh, look, I, I mean, to put this simply, it's the first time ever in the history of the National Football League that there won't be a Leinster team in Division 1 of the league, which tells its own story, really. Um, like, at the moment, if the for the Talton Cup, as things stand, you're looking at Louth, Meath, Dublin and Kildare are the only teams in the province who aren't in the Talton Cup. The Talton Cup is going to be dominated by teams from Leinster, unless one of them gets to the uh, Leinster final. 
So they'll all get knocked out early, though, right? <laughs> when you say dominated, probably the, in like the sheer number of teams will be high, but uh, whether or not they're like playing in the final, we'll we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. We're we'll particularly wait and see where Down are at, um, given that Down had a miserable league campaign and whether they can turn it around. Given that they were the you know, team relegated alongside Offaly out of Division Two, in theory they should be one of the top seeds when it comes around to the Salton Cup. But maybe Cavan and Tipperary be licking their lips, lads, after going up. And like you saw, Wicklow and Leash go from the third flight down to the fourth. And particularly for Leash, that's very disappointing when they contested the Leinster final not all that long ago, and then they've gone successive demotions from Division Two down to Division Four. So Loud they've gone in an opposite direction. Like Loud they're the outlier when it comes to Leinster. And all credit has to be given, I think, to Mickey Hart. He's got Sam Mulroy, who's one of the best players in the country, who's been there kicking the scores for them. But you say one of the best players in the country, yeah? Uh, I think so. I think he has mm. to be right up there, Johnny. Just the, the scoring that he's doing at the moment, the fact that he's done it now at Division 3, it was one thing at Division 4 when he was knocking over scores for fun last year, but he's followed that up and shown it at a higher level. And like, I have to give credit to Hart. Like, that was not a fashionable job to uh, go totally, to. Totally, totally. Just, just briefly though, like, sorry, just, like Leinster is in a great place in another way where there's probably far more interest in the Leinster Championship this year and Leinster football in general. I know Kildare got relegated. Dublin, forget about Dublin getting relegated because that's just kind of a, it's a ruse. And then you, you, you actually have a reasonably compelling Leinster Championship for the first time in a long time. It would be an almighty championship if Dublin weren't in it. And I've felt that for the last few years. It's not that the quality of football will be incredibly amazing because these teams are not playing at the very top of the tree. But it's very competitive and the local rivalries are still there. And like, look, because the Green proposal has gone through, we may as well embrace that the provinces are going to be here for at least three more years to come. No, and not embracing it. <laughs> no, you're right, they will be here, but I'm not embracing it. The provincial, yeah, the provincial Jerry, competitions are shite. They are, but if Kildare beat Mead, will you not enjoy it? If Kildare of course, any time we beat Mead, then Tiddlywinks, you'd love it. But you're like, ultimately, to what end? It would have been much better if we were beating Mead in a league-based system where next year we were going to play them away and it would be like a raucous Navin and a raucous Newbridge as opposed to... I mean, look, it looks like the Leinster semi-finals might not be in Croke Park, which is a progressive move from um, the Leinster Council. So... Anyway, look, we're out of time. We get sucked into a plan B. <laughs> we get sucked into Saipan. I blame everybody else. I'm taking no responsibility for any of that today. Will, good stuff. The uh, Hurling Pod is live every Monday. Thanks very much for that. You can get it with uh, Will and uh, the two lads. It's been great stuff. And uh, obviously it's going to be great as the season kicks into overdrive from this point forward. The football pod is also out um, at the end of the league and looking forward to the league final. A reminder, OTB AM is brought to you by Gillette. Good morning. Start with Gillette. Put your best face forward with their new and improved razors. Here's what we've got for you on OTB Sports Radio today. Paul McGrath is OTB Gold at 1 o'clock. Dadcast from 3. Mount Rushmore is Limerick at 4. OTB Gold is inside Park Harrington's Gaff. And then the show is live tonight, of course, with um, the game uh, from 10 o'clock tonight over on Twitter. League of Ireland late night is going international, looking back on Ireland's performances. Oh, yeah. Sounds filthy. League of Ireland, late night. Nathan, Johnny and Shane Keegan will be live on Twitter Spaces. You should get a, a breathy voiceover doing that. Yeah. Just briefly, where did the word gaff come from? Is it a English slang or Irish? No, it's a real Dublin uh, thing. Yeah, it's not. A, Is why? it English? Gaff? Like, well, no, I don't think so. Where did the word gaff come from? My gaff, your gaff. Yeah. Where, did you where? not hear it before? Is that it was? It was. No, he I came to Dublin a, a thick culture and yeah, people were and using words like gaff, and it was like, "What are they saying?" Yeah, just to have different words for houses and everything. But I'd like to say, unlike let's say my my colleague Dan McDonald, I think I've held on to my my local accent. I'm still people quintessentially will say, "Oh, he's from Galway," whereas we had Dan, like we had Darren Clark on there last Friday. Darren Clark's from RD. Dan, Dan, Dan pointed out to me that uh, he was like a great mate of mine when we were younger. It's like, well, you wouldn't know you're from the same town, put it that way. 
where did it go wrong for Dan? Shots I, fired. I still have my Galway accent, but I don't know where Gaff came from. I, mean, I love, don't, I love you don't have a Galway accent. You have a mid-Atlantic, like you have the Atlantic, wild Atlantic way Galway accent. Love the wild Atlantic way. Americanized. I'll take that. Yeah, no, I wouldn't say that. Oh, totally. But in you, fairness, you could have stepped off the set of like one of those no. LA Valley shows. I hear the the, the hurling podcast. To hear the two boys having their accents, particularly James Gale, if ever there were a Galway accent, because the kids of tomorrow, Jer, will all sound American. Oh, they do, yeah. Check out Off the Ball on Twitter tonight from 10 o'clock. Uh, we're going to bring an instant reaction from Ireland, Lithuania tomorrow. Owen Sheehan is in Belfast for us. I heard he's a very interesting project going on there. He's uh, going to be outside uh, Windsor Park tonight. We'll hear from former Ireland captain Keith Wood as well. Uh, didn't get into Bergheim at the weekend, though, our own. I felt a kindred spirit with him like I've never felt before. So you're done. He'll be back. Thanks very much for your time with us, Danny. All the best. OTB. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.